0: We are following another big story, of course, and that, of course, is the uh, trial of the uh, person who is accused of murdering George Floyd. You all remember that incident. I think many of us, if not all of us, have seen that video. Well, a uh, juror selection is set to continue in the trial of former Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin, who's charged in the death last summer of George Floyd. Mark Remillard has some details.
1: Today, will also include re-questioning seven of the already seated jurors to ask them about whether they've heard about that $27 million civil settlement between the city of Minneapolis and the family of George Floyd. That was announced on Friday. The defense has been concerned that word of that settlement could taint the jury pool and asked that the court go back to question the already seated jurors to see what they've heard. The judge agreed and said he'll question those jurors about it via Zoom today. Mark Remillard, ABC News.
0: So, what kind of an impact is this going to have? I want to bring Thane Brosenbaum into the conversation, legal analyst for CBS News uh, Radio, uh, and a professor, of course, of law, and uh, a great man to get perspective on in something as controversial as this. Thane, thank you so much for the time. Uh, glad you could join us again today.
1: Any time for you, Bill.
0: Let me ask you about, first of all, what we just heard from Mark Remillard there, about the judge's concern and the defense uh, attorney's concern here about the $27 million uh, settlement for the Floyd family. Uh, Are they right to be concerned about what influence or not influence that might have on on a potential juror?
1: Well, Bill, they they should have the great concern. I mean, I'm sure the prosecutors feel that the city council of Minneapolis didn't do them any favors uh, when they announced this pre-trial. I mean, remember, this is you give someone a check for $27 million before the trial, that means you're sending a very strong message that you didn't have much of a case on the civil portion of this. Now, it's true that civil cases and criminal cases are very different. The standards of proof are different. Uh, For instance, it's much easier to win a civil judgment than it is to get a criminal conviction. How do we know that? O.J. Simpson, right? Mm -hmm. O.J. Simpson was acquitted, right? I mean, here's a very good example in the United States where... He's acquitted of the crime, and then he gets, you know, I think tens of millions of dollars of, of a wrongful death action. That's what happened here. The family brought a wrongful, wrongful death suit in civil court. What would normally happen is there would be depositions. You know, we would move proceeding in the civil case. They didn't even do that. They basically just said, here's a check for $27 million, and we're going to make an announcement about it. They could have said to the Floyd family, you're going to get $27 million, but for now you can't talk about it. That's the condition of the settlement. You can't talk about it. We can't tell anyone. I'll tell you why. Because if we tell anyone, the criminal case is going to be prejudiced and it's going to be very hard to pick a jury, definitely in Minneapolis, if we already said that the city council is giving you a check for twenty seven million on the civil side. Again, two different standards of proofs, very different cases, but not in the mind of a juror, right? In the mind of a juror, they're thinking, well, if you pay 27000000 million, you're probably guilty, even though, again, it, that's not a criminal case. It's not guilt in the civil case. It's a, a wrongful death, a wrongful death action. Very different and, again, much easier to prove. So, yes, to the extent to which the seven jurors that have already been seated, A, know about the settlement, which I suspect they do, and B, have already formed an opinion as a sort of a presumption about what the settlement means, I think the, the judge and the prosecutor should be concerned. I could, it does cut in one other way, Bill. You can almost understand one possibility that if you're a jury, you're saying, you know what, $27 million is a windfall. So that doesn't mean we should ruin the career of three or four policemen that, that maybe even did their job horribly or overzealously, but you got $27 million. So we're not going to put four men in jail for, for you know, again, there's going to be a lot of evidence in the criminal case that's not going to be flattering to the Floyd family. There's physical problems, drug problems. And so you can see a juror saying, well, look, this is offsetting. You get $27 million, but we're not going to punish the police.
0: And and that's that's what I was wondering because this that, that cuts both ways. I, I'm glad you brought that perspective yeah. up because they may look at it and yeah. say, "Look, the, this was a horrific thing, but they got they got twenty seven million dollars. Yeah. Do we these guys do not really need to pay?" I I I don't. I'm not advocating for that, but I'm just saying it could be a possibility. Uh, but is there is there an assumption of culpability then when when a check like that is handed out?
1: Again, d- different standards, right? Civil liability versus criminal responsibility, yeah. right? Did do, did you commit a crime? right? The, 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 the charge here is second-degree murder, second-degree manslaughter, and third-degree murder. Uh, there's at least 25 years of prison time attached to that. That's pretty serious. That's why your point a moment ago is a good point, right? Saying, look, that's putting away, it's ruining another person's life who I don't know, you know, whether he was overzealously doing his job or, you know, this goes all to the heart of Black Lives Matter. Depends what you walked away thinking. If you believe that the police departments in the United States are targeting young African-American men, right, then if that's your presumption, if you're coming in with the word targeting, you know, there are a lot of Americans that don't believe the word targeting. Targeting is something else. It may be that African-Americans disproportionately, young, young men, are, are the victims of these crimes, but there's just a rise of police shootings, period, right? It's Mm -hmm. clear that if you're a young black man, you have more to be concerned about. But there's more police shootings anyway. And so the statistics don't bear out targeting. Um, So you can see how someone would say, I never bought into the premise that they wanted to kill him, that that was not the intent. You know, that they really. and, And of course, again, there are he had health issues. He had covid prior to that. Um, you know, he's had drug problems, the drugs that he was taking, he was speedballing two different drugs that caused a great deal of respiratory problems. And of course, he, he couldn't breathe, right? I can't breathe. That's the mantra. And yet many of the drugs in his physical problems already, he had three clogged arteries. This is, you know, this is all going to come out, right? I mean, one clogged artery was clogged 90%, right? He couldn't breathe. I know. But the question is, will it's not will they be able to show that the proximate cause of the death was the knee or are there so many factors here that could have had an influence on the on the death and that makes it a death and not a murder
0: which is why they have a trial, as and not in the media. Uh, one other quick yeah. question, because I know we're tight on time here. Uh, another element here, of course, is that uh, the defense, or the, I'm sorry, the prosecuting attorneys want to bring up, is his his criminal past, uh, past convictions, uh, and obviously the defense attorneys are saying that's not germane. On on this, the judge is going to have to make a ruling on that. Which way is that going to go?
1: Well, it cuts in two directions there too. They also ruled that they're going to allow Sparkle-like testimony. Sparkle life testimony means you bring in family members and friends who talk about that he's a loved person and, you know, that he's that we loved him. Right. Um, but the question then goes to, you know, is there's a difference between being loved and character evidence? And the point that you just raised is, in theory, you can't prejudice. The evidence can't be used to show uh, proclivity. Right. Like you have mm-hmm. you know a proclivity for violence. That's the way that presumed if you show a history of, 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 of criminal activity. And similarly, good character evidence cuts in the other direction, and that shouldn't be permitted either, right? Because you shouldn't be permitted either way to show evidence of character that somehow changes the way you look at the facts. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, all of this stuff, you know, that obviously the jury, the, the, the defense, the prosecutors are going to try to make the case that this is this guy was this guy was not Martin Luther King. He wasn't Medgar Evers. You know, this is a a real battle in the United States, and you can see this played out in this case. That these recent killings, horrific as they are, are they this in the same category as civil rights cases that we remember from the 1960s? Because you're do seeing young men who did have criminal backgrounds, and and so there are even civil rights workers that say. Look, this isn't even showing respect. Calling them all martyrs of the same thing doesn't show respect to the martyrs of the 1960s. This is, a, again, it's a philosophical battle going on in the United States. I have mm-hmm. no idea how this is going to play out.
0: And it's only one of many that are, are going to be on the docket over the next couple of months, of course, uh, as a result of some of the events of last summer. And we haven't even got into January 6th yet, which is why it's uh, so good of you to spend some time with us to give us some perspective on this thing. Thank you so much. Anytime, Bill. Bye-bye. Take care. Uh, Professor Thane Robinson, of course, legal analyst for CBS News Radio. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.